Chapter 3 The Enigma The development of the rotor cipher machines started a new era in the world of cryptography. Mathematically, these machines are based on substitution with multiple alphabets, also called polyalphabetic cipher. The very basic principle is the same as for the Visionaire cipher, which had at that time already been broken. So, the designers of the cipher machines had to think of new ways to increase the number of possible encryptions and therefore enhance the security of the code. There were various rotor cipher machines. The Enigma was only the most widely known one. The development started during or shortly after the First World War. Numerous designers worked independently on the invention of different models at the same time. Therefore, there was no single inventor. Other machines were, for example, the German Lorenz SZ40 and SZ42, the British Type X and the American Sigaba. Enigma is the ancient Greek word for puzzle. The German engineer Arthur Scherbius invented it shortly after the end of the First World War as a battery-operated electrical version of a mechanical cipher disk. It basically consists of three major parts, which are connected with electric wires. The keyboard for inputting letters, the scrambler unit for encrypting the letters, and the lamp board for displaying the enciphered letters. When the user presses a button, an electric pulse is sent through the scrambler and the corresponding encrypted letter is illuminated on the lamp board. The keyboard has 26 keys ordered in the pattern of a standard German typewriter. It does not include keys for numerals, umlauts, punctuation or blanks. The scrambler consists of three rotors, Walzer in German, each of them with 26 contacts on both sides representing the alphabet. All rotors have different inner cross connections. They act similar to a mileage indicator in a car. Every time after a key is pressed, the first rotor moves one position. The second rotor only moves one position when the first rotor finishes a full turn. 26 position changes, also known as the turnover position. The third rotor moves one position when the second rotor completes a full turn. The three rotors offer 26 times 26 times 26, and that equals 17,576 different rotor positions. The entry wheel, or Eintrittswalzer in German, connects the keyboard with the rotors, but does not move or alter any electrical signal. One more part in the scrambler unit is the reflector, Umkehrwalzer in German. It sends the signal back through the three rotors, but on a different way, to the lamp board. It functions as a mirror, so that encryption and decryption can be done with the same machine. Mathematically, the cipher was self-inverse. To decrypt the cipher text, the same rotor settings have to be set that were used for encryption. The electrical interconnection works in both ways, so input A will be output B, and input B will be output A with the same settings. These settings are defined as the key. The rotors themselves can be taken out of the Enigma, interchanged and inserted in any position, which increases the number of initial settings for three rotors by a factor of six. Furthermore, 
from 1938 on the military version had five available rotors to choose three from. This further enhanced the security. To further increase the number of possible encryptions, Scherbius added another part, the plug board, also called Steckerboard or Steckerbrett in German. The user could insert up to six cables or Steckers. This number changed later, which swapped letters. So if, for example, the letters A and B were swapped, also called Steckered, A was encrypted like B would have been without swapping, and vice versa. One more security feature is the ring. Each rotor features a ring that has the 26 letters printed on it. It can be rotated relatively to the rotor. This does not have any influence in the actual encryption, but enhances the security of the whole machine as it changes the turnover position of the rotor. Mathematically, the Enigma offers a variety of about 10 to the power of 15 different keys, although this is just a theoretical number because certain keys can be eliminated when analyzing the operational instructions. Nevertheless, it shows the complexity and sophistication of this rotor cipher machine and explains why the Germans thought of it to be unbreakable. The operation of the cipher machine involved three people, the originator, the cipher clerk, and the radio operator. The originator would prepare the message on a standard form with letter groups. The cipher clerk would encipher it letter by letter with the Enigma machine using the daily keys of the codebook and his own conceived message keys, and then hand it over to the radio operator who would transmit it via Morse code. Numbers had to be written out in full. Spaces were replaced with the letter X. Every Enigma operator had a codebook that included daily keys for a certain period, for example, one month. These daily keys consisted of the following three settings. 1. Wheel order. Walzenlager in German, the selection and arrangement of the rotors. 2. Ring setting. Ringstellung in German, the setting of the alphabet rings relative to the rotors. And 3. The plug board connections. Steckerverbindungen in German, the list of the steckered letters. Different divisions of the German armed forces had their own codebooks. As the enemy could have deciphered the messages easily with a stolen codebook, another key, the message key, was added. Even when the daily key was known, the message could not be decrypted without the message key. The operator had to turn the rotors to a randomly chosen position, called the indicator setting. He then keyed his own randomly chosen message setting twice. The result was the indicator. Finally, he set the rotors to his message setting and enciphered the clear text of the message letter by letter. For any particular setting, the rotor position would be repeated after 16,900 keys pressed. Therefore, the Germans set a limit of 250 characters for each message to avoid reoccurrence, which would have helped the enemy a lot for decryption. Some parts of the German armed forces had adapted versions of the Enigma machine. For example, the naval Enigma had eight rotors to choose from and an adjustable reflector, or Umkehrwalzer. 
The Enigma of the Abwehr, the secret intelligence service of the German Armed Forces High Command, was significantly different from the normal version. The reflector also moved and had its own turnover position, and the rotors had multiple positions for turnovers instead of just one. Also, this machine did not have a stecker board. German Enigma operators made several mistakes, which were of utmost importance for the British analysts in Bletchley Park and also the Bureau Chefruf in Poland. Most of their decryption methods were based on them. Some of the mistakes happened because of the carelessness of the operators. Others had their background in the design of the whole Enigma communication system. I'm going to describe now a list of all helpful Enigma peculiarities, each of them summarized briefly. The cryptanalytic methods that use them are described in the next chapters. One of the most helpful operational procedures was the twice-done sending of the message key at the beginning of each message. As repetition is a cryptanalyst's best friend because it creates patterns which can be statistically analyzed, this habit was extremely helpful. Standardized messages at certain points of time were also helpful. For example, every day at 6 a.m., the weather report was sent. It always started with the same words. German military communication involved a lot of standardized phrases, which were included regularly in messages. For example, Keine besonderen Ereignisse, German for no special occurrences. Now, these phrases were called cribs. The Herival tip, named after its founder, John Herival, was another example for the laziness of the German operators. After inserting the rotors into the Enigma and adjusting the ring setting, the operator had to turn the three rotors to a random setting for the message key. Often, they would leave the initial setting, which was equal to the ring setting, or just turn the rotors very few positions, so that the message key was very similar to the ring setting. Sometimes, the German operators chose adjacent keys on the keyboard for their message keys. This often happened for multi-part messages. These slovenly manners were called sillies. Reg Parker, a member of Hut 6, discovered that sometimes the daily keys of a previous month were repeated at the beginning of a following month. This finding was called Parkerismus. For long-range communication, the Germans often used message relays, where a message was resent from a wireless station that was located somewhere between the sender and the designated receiver. The message was deciphered and then enciphered again, but with a different key. This was a bad cryptographic mistake. The stecker board was one of the major security features of the Enigma. One operating rule forbade the operators to swap neighboring letters. For example, S could be steckered with any letter except R and T. This should avoid obvious choices, but reduce the number of possible keys dramatically. Maybe the biggest German failure was that they did not monitor their operating procedures. As Gordon Welchman, then one of the leading British cryptanalysts, noted in his book, they could have discovered most of the mentioned errors which would have stopped the British code-breaking efforts immediately. There were even some helpful peculiarities based on the construction of the Enigma machine itself. The wiring of the entry wheel was one of them. It connects the keyboard with the rotors and does not alter the letters. 
So A becomes A, B becomes B, and so on, although it could use any combination, A becoming L, B becoming X, and so on. As mentioned before, the message key was always sent twice at the beginning of each message. This meant that the first and fourth letter in ciphertext were equal in plain text, and the same goes for the second and fifth, and the third and sixth letter. For some settings, those letters were also equal in ciphertext. These occurrences were called females. Another very interesting entity of the Enigma was that no letter could be enciphered with itself. This was essential to find those so-called cribs.